then you just kept saying like we because then I asked you like oh did you at least like keep the dishwasher or did you like send it back and you were like oh we kept the dishwasher because that seemed like the hard part laughing crying face yep I was like, that's good. And you're like, yeah, Lowe's can try to rip it out, out of my cold, dead hands. It's like, <laughs> I don't blame you at this point. And I didn't want to ask about it again until tonight because I was like, I don't think I don't. I just don't. This is part of the dishwasher saga. So I like basically tell I kind of update Sandra on what's happening with the dishwasher. But then I like don't say anything for four days. <laughs> I also don't ask because I'm like, if I there's know. something big, she'll text me about it. Yeah, basically like, yes, it's finally installed. But no, that's not the situation. So Thursday, the installation people hired by Lowe's showed up at our house and luckily Dave decided to work from home that day because I'm just like, what if like on the maybe off chance something like they can't install it or whatever and they're going to give me all this technical jargon and I'm going to be like, I don't know what you're saying. So I'm like, please, Dave, please like be here for this. So he so he decided he wasn't going to initially, but then he did decide to work from home that day. So it's good he did. Because the people showed up. They're like, oh yeah, we had to, we made sure we got all the right parts because there was some issue before where they didn't think they had the right thing to install it. So they made sure to go to Lowe's early that day to get everything. So yeah, they show up and then they basically are like, oh, your dishwasher is super old. And we're like, yep. At this point, we haven't used a dishwasher in like two months. Um, and the dishwasher, we're not sure how old it is, but the one that broke is like a, at least 10, maybe 12 year old Kenmore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the people see it and they're like, oh, that looks old. And then they're like, uh oh, basically (laughs) they're like, oh, the outlet will probably need to be updated. And then they go down to the basement and the pipe is like too big or something for what we need for the hookup or I don't know something so they're like yep we're gonna need a permit or whatever to like fix this and blah 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 to install the dishwasher so then he's like so should we bring the dishwasher back to Lowe's or what do you want us to do and Dave and I are like um and I was like we have it let's just leave it so we have the new dishwasher in our possession (laughs) and so yeah so then the guy was like oh okay i'll tell my manager what happened and then she'll have to call lowe's and then you can schedule when we come back to install it and everything we're like okay cool so that was thursday we don't hear anything sunday afternoon i think like three o'clock dave gets gets a call from the guy's manager or supervisor person and she was just like oh yeah so did they manage to do anything like installing it and Dave's like no (laughs) and told them everything he was like yeah I'm apparently waiting on a call to like try to figure this out and it seems like she wasn't totally filled in on the situation so she's just like okay, I'll call Lowe's and see what's happening. That was Sunday afternoon, and today it's Tuesday evening. And Dave got a text from the guy he talked to Thursday today, and the guy was just like, oh, yeah, she's supposed to figure it out with Lowe's. I'll let you know, like, by tomorrow what's going on. We're just like, how is this so complicated? (laughs) 
Like, it's like, okay, I mean, we didn't know we had to get the pipes and whatever changed until last week. Mm -hmm. But now it's just like the process of them having to talk to Lowe's, Lowe's having to call us, figure that out. It's just like, how? Why can't this be quick? (laughs) So are you guys going to need a plumber then to come in? That's what it sounds like. The guy who is going to install it, I guess he works for a company and there it's like a plumbing slash electrical company so they can do both otherwise we would have to find our own like we'd have to find two people a plumber and an electrician mm-hmm. unless we can find another company that does the same thing but that's a whole other thing i was like saying to dave should we email other people while we're waiting for lowe's to eventually get back to us and it's like what do you do <laughs> Because if we don't do it through Lowe's, they're going to have to refund us because we already basically paid for all this. So that's going to be kind of maybe another headache or whatever. So that's like an incentive to wait for Lowe's. But (laughs) I don't know. Like, I just would like a dishwasher. Yeah. It also stinks that like they didn't tell you this when they took the original one out to be like, oh, you need to like update your plumbing or your Oh pipes. no, we still have it. Like okay. the guy was they were gonna take it away as they were installing this one. So that was part of the Lowe's thing to that that's covered. But yeah, so the old one is just like sitting there. <laughs> so the new one looks nice, but it's it's not installed. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, yeah. And the guy also commented on like something the related to the electrical or something that's behind the hookup behind the dishwasher. He was like, oh, this looks loosey goosey. Like they didn't the people before didn't totally install it like super secure or something. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> of course, classic old house stuff. Yeah. So that's the update with that. I'm just going to say that's my oil of the week because I didn't, don't yeah. really have any. Yeah, whatever. That'll be my oil of the week. Yeah. Well, hopefully next week you'll have an update. I know. We should. And hopefully that update should be like, <laughs> hopefully yeah. that update will either be scheduling something or like, yay, they did it and it's installed. I know. We should at least by this week have a, another day in time they're gonna come back to do it if not i feel like that's very odd at that point if we don't hear anything by like end of this week i'm definitely gonna try to find like other companies because that's gonna be like ridiculous yep <sighs> i don't know oh lows <laughs> i don't think i'll ever use them again after this yeah but from what i know home depot is not much better so yeah i mean it could be the same situation but yeah yeah i think when my dad and stepmom used home depot to like measure like they got like fancy french doors for like Mm. one of the entrances and like the house that's nice and i think they if i'm remembering correctly and i I could be wrong because this was a while ago this was a few years ago they used home depot and home depot measured the doors incorrectly oh no so they had to come back and like remeasure and then give them the correct doors. So, and that was a headache, especially because like my dad is an electrician. Right. And he, when they did like the upgrade or the renovation, he mostly did it himself because he could, but he can't do this. So, 
that like, I'm not joke sure if nuts. like all these people actually work for Home Depot or Lowe's. I know in our situation, they're like the company's contracted through Lowe's. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the issues why it's seems like there's a whole process with communication. But I don't know. I think like Home Depot, I think for doing stuff like that, it might actually be through their own. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they contract out everything. I'm not sure. I don't know. I just was like, how do you measure doors incorrectly? Yeah. <laughs> would you triple check? But yeah, you think that would be yeah. one of the first things they learn in carpentry or whatever that would be yeah measuring correctly yeah (laughs) so that was one of the many things that happened when my dad was renovating the house Mm. yeah that renovation process took them like four months Mm. it's not i was there for part of it it was an adventure but so welcome back everyone to another fun episode of oi with the terror already i'm one of your hosts sandra i'm your other host danielle And thank you for listening to that first 10 minutes, doing a little things out of order this week, but it's fine. Hmm. So. We like doing it on the fly. Yeah. Well, I feel like just to kind of understand what you've been going through, like reading the text messages that you sent me was kind of a good place to start. Yeah. Everything is documented. There are receipts. Yeah, so. everything down to the different <laughs> gifts that you sent me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, I guess I'll go into my oil of the week. So, I'm still in my new job. So far, so good. It's just a You're lot. You're still in your new job. Well, like, it's only my first. <laughs> it's my first full week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I know. I'm. It's been such a long day. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm and still dealing with. I'm still. I should say I'm still like dealing with my new job, which is like learning a lot. But my oi is last night. It took me like an hour and a half to get home, and it should have only taken me 45 minutes because the tea mm. sucks, especially the line I have to take. So that was my oi of the week, and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say hopefully it's better the other day. I mean, it was better today, but I also cheated okay. and took a lift to work this morning. And then mm. I have to take a lift tomorrow because I have to go to our other office, which is outside of Boston. Oh. So, hmm. yeah. Where's that? Oh, geez. Where is that? It's in... begins with the W? It's like 20-ish minutes away, I think. Yeah, for me, it's about 25. Hmm. With traffic, it's about 30. So that's why... I'm going to take a lift because doing that public transportation would take an hour and a half. So, yeah. Yeah, there isn't really a way to get there, I don't think. Yeah. Like, with I mean, a train. Oh, wait, actually, there might be a commuter rail. I think I'm there's a sure. commuter rail, and then there's a shuttle that you can take from the commuter rail to where the my office is located. Mm-hmm. But it would still take me, like, an hour. Mm. Hour and a half, and I'm just, no, so. How often do you have to go there? I went twice last week. I think I have to – I think it's mostly right now just for training purposes. Oh. Um, so probably, like, once a week until probably the end of March when I, like, kind of know more of what I'm doing. 
Um, but I like it. The Westward office is really nice. The people are really nice and they reimburse me. So that's nice because they're okay. like, you're only coming out here for like training. So yeah, we're going to reimburse you, <laughs> which I'm not used to that because higher education does not do that. All right. So the only hint I sent you was a picture, but I don't know. I wanted to see if you had any guesses or anything. Um, Looks like it's in the South. Mm-hmm. Which mine also takes place in the south. <laughs> is it? Is it Louisiana? Yep. That's where mine takes place too. Oh boy. <laughs> Maybe we should have checked with Dave. <laughs> no, I don't think. Well, at least there were. So it's a picture of a house, but I know because I do mention a house in mine, but I know it's not the. I know it's. Different. <laughs> That's so funny. We both. Wait, did I guess New Orleans? Is it New Orleans? Uh, no, it's not New Orleans. Okay, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, so it's is it a plantation? It is, yes. Hmm. Okay, well that's all I have because I don't know any names of them. All right. So plantation in Louisiana. That's Pretty so good funny. Guess. We didn't even like schedule that or whatever. We didn't coordinate that. No, I'm also. Now trying to remember what you sent me. A picture of a maid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know plantation names. So it's like a haunted plantation, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Very. Mm -hmm. Very well known, too. Like, I went on their website and I was like, maybe we should go here, like, once things calm down. All right, so the place that I picked for this week is called the Myrtles Plantation, and it's in St. Francisville, Louisiana. And it is, according to some people, the most haunted, according to other people, one of the most haunted plantations in all of the United States. Mm. So back, um, just to give a little bit of history... Um, So it was built back in 1796 by General David Bradford, and it was built on um, a 600-acre plot, and it was originally named Laurel Grove. He lived there alone for several years until apparently President John Adams pardoned him for his role in the Pennsylvania Whiskey Rebellion in 1799. He then moved his wife Elizabeth and their five children to the plantation from Pennsylvania. So I guess there was a period of time where he wasn't in Louisiana and he was in Pennsylvania and then he came back. Upon his death in 1808, his widow Elizabeth then continued to run the plantation until 1817 when she actually handed the management to Clark Woodruff, who was one of David Bradford's former law students who had married her daughter. Um, I guess her daughter's name was Sarah Matilda. They then had three children, Africa Gale, James, and Mary Octavia before Sarah and two, I guess it doesn't say which ones, but two of her three children died back in 1823 and then 1824 of yellow fever. When Elizabeth Bradford died in 1831, Clark Woodruff and his surviving daughter Mary Octavia then moved to Covington, Louisiana, and they left the caretaker to manage the plantation. Then in 1834, the plantation was sold, as was the land and the slaves, to Rough and Gray Sterling. Sterling and his wife, Mary Catherine Cobb, then undertook an expensive remodeling of the house, and they nearly doubled it in size of the former building. 
and they filled it with a bunch of imported furniture from all over Europe. It was during this time that they changed the name to the Myrtles after the crepe myrtles that grew in the vicinity. Sterling then died in 1854 and left the plantation to his wife. The Myrtles survived the American Civil War, um, though robbed of its fine furnishings and expensive accessories in 1865. Mary Cobb Sterling hired William Drew Winter to help manage the plantation as her lawyer and her agent. And Winter was married to Sterling's daughter, Sarah, and they went to have six children, one of whom was Kate Winter, died from typhoid at the age of three. And the family fortune was actually lost in the aftermath of the war due to being tied up in the Confederate currency. And the Winters were then forced to sell the plantation in 1868, but were able to buy it back two years later. 1871, uh, Winters was killed on the porch of the house, possibly by a man named E.S. Weber. Sarah remained at the Myrtles with her mother and siblings until 1878 when she passed. Mary Cobb Sterling died in 1880 and the plantation passed to her son Stephen or Stephen. Uh, the plantation was heavily in debt at this point and Stephen sold it in 1886 to Oren D. Brooks who then sold it in 1889. The plantation has changed hands several times until 1891 when it was purchased by Harrison Milton Williams. Sorry for the long history but needed to also say that a lot of people died on this plantation because that comes in a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Then in the early part of the 20th century, the land surrounding the house was actually divided among the heirs of the Harrison Milton William of Harrison Milton Williams. In the 1950s, the house itself was sold to Majory Munson, who apparently noticed odd things that were happening around the Myrtles, resulting in numerous ghost stories. So this is kind of when the ghost stories first kind of started to appear. The plantation went through several more ownerships uh, that changed in the 70s before being bought by James and Francis Carmen Myers, who ran the plantation house as a bed and breakfast. And during this time, Francis Myers, writing as Francis Kerman, wrote a book about the Myrtles Plantation, naming it as the most haunted house in America. The current owners, John and Tita Moss, continue to open the house for tours and overnight guests. Uh, Most recently, in August of 2014, a fire occurred in the historic general store. This was located just 10 feet from the main house. This caused substantial damage, and the most severe damage was in the extension of the building constructed in 2008, leaving most of the original structure intact and not harming the house at all. It has been listed on the National Register of Historical Places that the Myrtles Plantation continues to be a popular tourist attraction due to its association with paranormal activity and has been featured as many books, magazines, newspapers, and even on television shows. I am sorry for the long history, but the point is that I just wanted to kind of detail into the history of the fact that it's had such a crazy history with being owned and then being sold and then people, a lot of people dying, both probably in the house and then on the land, which brings up to the question of whether or not it is actually haunted. So from what I read in my research, there are supposedly between anywhere about 10 to 12 ghosts that haunt the plantation, but there is none more well-known than a ghost that goes by the name of Chloe. This is the one ghost that I kept finding a ton of information on um, and that people had stories about. So this actually starts off with a newly married couple by the name of Mr. and Mrs. Clark Woodruff. Mr. Woodruff was a very prestigious judge, and he owned numerous slaves. 
um, which at the time was pretty much the norm. And one of his house slaves, supposedly one by the name of Chloe, who for many years fell victim to Woodruff's cruelty. She did try to protect herself from the abuse by listening in to Woodruff's conversations and trying to like modify her behavior. One day after she was caught eavesdropping, Woodruff had Chloe's ears cut off, forcing her to carry the shame and disfigurement for the rest of her life. Humiliation was hit was hidden at the request of Woodruff by the use of a green turban. No one would actually see the terrifying marks that she had, but the painful experience would stay with Chloe and inspire her to make plans for revenge. So apparently on the ninth birthday of Woodruff's daughter, I wasn't able to find a name um, for this daughter, Chloe placed a poisonous oleander leaves into, or she, I guess she baked these oleander leaves into a cake and her plan was to poison Mrs. Woodruff and the children. Some sources say, claim that it was never her intention to actually kill three family members. They su- merely suggested that Chloe just wanted them to get really sick so she could nurse them back to health. I guess in the South, local hero- wow, local healers were among the most respected of the community. So if Chloe believed she could heal the family, then maybe that would save her from the harsh reality of working out in the fields. Unfortunately, the dosage that she used was lethal, and it ended up actually killing Mrs. Woodruff and her two children. Afterward, spread of her actions on the plantation, the other slaves were the ones to take revenge. So apparently, they hung Chloe by the neck for everyone to witness until the life drained from her body. She was then weighed down by rocks and thrown into the Mississippi River. The plantation was the site of other gruesome activity after her death as well. There was a new owner, a wealthy family member, a family man and his five children that passed away from tuberculosis on the property. The home was later passed on to his surviving daughters and her husband, the Winters. And then Mr. Winter was a proud member of his community, and he did his part by teaching Sunday school at his home. Supposedly one day as Mr. Winter was teaching, an unknown man rode up to the house yelling to see him. As he came out to address his man, he was shot at at point blank range on his front porch he then retreated to the home and staggered up to the stairs eventually and died in the arms of his wife apparently you can still hear the sound of his strong and forceful stomps that i guess they still linger in the home today Um, visitors have reported hearing that on the empty stairwells so that is the story of chloe so she supposedly is still seen around and if you look at pictures online especially on the plantation's website you'll notice that they're supposedly pictures that where she appears the house or the plantation actually was also used to film a few movies one of these included the long hard summer and because paranormal activity has been around since the 1970s there have been multiple ghost hunter shows that have been on here too or that i've been out to look at it including i think ghost hunters And I want to say there were a few other shows on the Travel Channel. But the one thing about Chloe that's a little bit weird is despite like many ghost stories, there is some debate over whether or not Chloe actually existed and if that was even her real name. Hmm. Today, the resident is known as Myrtle's Plantation Bed and Breakfast. It's also recognized as one of the most, again, haunted houses in America according to National Geographic and they do offer historical tours throughout the day and into the dark of night, and you can stay over. Um, I believe even with COVID, they are now allowing people to spend the night. So if you're interested and want to go check it out, you should definitely go and check it out and see if anything spooky happens to you. 
So I definitely have heard of the Chloe one. Mm-hmm. As you were saying that, I was like, that one. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. well Because mm. I think I heard it on Ghost Hunters. Okay. Don't remember. I want to say it was in one of their like early to mid seasons. I definitely remember they did that. I also think it was featured on a few like travel channel shows as well. Mm. Okay. Um, but it's. Definitely, the more I was looking into it, the more I'm like, yeah. this sounds really familiar. Like, mm-hmm. I've definitely, I've heard of the books too that have been published um, about it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't realize it had such like a crazy history and that so many people died on the property. Yeah. And it is interesting how there is a debate of whether or not like Chloe is real because some people say, and then some people mm-hmm. are like, well, there's no actual like evidence. But yeah, at that time, I don't know if we would have kept that detailed evidence because it would have shown that like right. slaves did kill their owners. So yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. And I did kind of do it a little bit in honor of like Black History Month as well. Because mm. um, I wanted to focus on something on the South and that kind of like featured that. So, Mine also takes place in Louisiana and also mentions slavery. Yeah. I don't know how we both chose the same state <laughs> without talking to each other. I also don't know how we both like chose something like regarding Black History Month either. Right. Yeah, we didn't really plan that. That's a little weird. We're so in sync. Okay, well, we've been doing this for 49 episodes. <laughs> So, all right, I'm curious, what is your, or who is your topic? Yeah, oh yeah, it's a, I sent Sandra a portrait of a lady. So today I will be talking about Madame LaLaurie from New Orleans. I know the name. Yeah, you'll probably know as I start. I might be mixing her up with somebody else. Mm. So basically... If you haven't heard of her, I forget the first time. Well, she's depicted in a season of American Horror Story. You and American Horror Story. (laughs) They have so many references. Um, Like, I think also, I don't remember if I mentioned it. When I did the H.H. Holmes Hotel, he's depicted in the hotel season of American Mm -hmm. Horror Story. Yeah, that one season just has, like, so many serial killers in it. But they talk about Madame LaLaurie in the Coven season of American Horror Story. And it actually, I think they actually did film at New Orleans. It's supposed to like, the Coven is supposed to be there. So that was actually one of the reasons that made me want to go to New Orleans. Because they have all these outdoor shots of like all the buildings and Mm -hmm. famous spots. And I'm like, that looks so cool. So I've just like been in like such a mood lately where I feel like I'm cooped up and I want to travel. So that's yeah. honestly one of the reasons why I chose this because I'm like, I miss New Orleans. Oh, and Dave and I were just at Whole Foods the other day and they're selling a king cake. 
And yep. I think today Mardi is Gras. Mardi Gras. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so it all lined up. Because <laughs> I remember seeing it on Instagram and I was like, is today Mardi Gras? Because everyone on Instagram is eating like cake. Right. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe it's from Whole Foods. Dave and I almost got it, but it was like that big. It's like meant for 10 people or something. I have never had king cake. Like, I feel like I need to like go next year for Mardi Gras and just try it. All I know is it's supposed to have a plastic baby in it with a crown. Yeah. And I was wondering if the Whole Foods ones had them. I'm sure it does. I feel like you need to have the little plastic baby because that's supposed to like bring you luck or something if you get it. Yeah, something. So mm. maybe if I see any leftover king cake this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we can have that to celebrate your 30th. Yeah, get some king cake. That'd be fun. <laughs> That's not a bad birthday cake. It's no. Fun. Yeah. That should be your tradition. King cake? Uh, Remember yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just buy one now and hope it's like still okay in a few weeks. Yeah. There's just... <laughs> Reason why I have Irish soda bread around my birthday. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how that'll be the weekend we're gonna maybe meet up is like St. Patrick's Day, the weekend after St. Pat. It's a few days after, like two, I think. But yeah, I don't know because I don't know when they're gonna do the parade. Oh, it's, if the St. Patrick's Day falls on a weekday, then they usually do it to the weekend that's closer. My St. Patrick's St. Patrick's Day, I think, is on a Thursday, so I don't know, but I'm sure it'll be fine. So, yeah, I mean, Dave was saying the commuter rail will probably be empty anyway. So it might just be more people around Boston. But... Yeah, probably around South Boston, because I think that's where the parade like okay. starts or ends. So, I mean, there was one year where I did go out on St. Patrick's Day and the tea did smell like alcohol and it was 730 yeah. in the morning. <laughs> so, like, you know, party on, yeah. whatever. Whatever floats your boat. That would be fun. I mean, we could always just like go to some restaurant or bar or yeah. wherever and just hide there. That's what I was thinking we would do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you guys can come by and see my apartment. I know. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Hello. Thanks. Okay, so I will start. So you guys are so cute. He always brings you tea. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Dave the intern. Yeah, so I, like, muted myself about 10 minutes ago. I was like, Dave, can you turn the kettle on? <laughs> and he was like, yes. It's either tea or gin. Like, I never know. <laughs> Tonight, it's just tea. Just tea. Yeah, so I feel like I haven't really talked about a famous person in a while. And I've been missing New Orleans. So today, I will be talking about Madame Delphine LaLaurie. She's one of the most well-known serial killers to have ever existed. And as I mentioned, she was mentioned in American Horror Story, and she was actually depicted by Kathy Bates. So that's another reason why it was memorable. It was I, <laughs> pretty entertaining. She like, there. although there is a weird part where they kind of make her a zombie. Mm -hmm. It's like Kathy Bates, they have all these weird flashbacks of like, the year she's actually alive and Kathy Bates is doing her thing, but then they like bring her back to life. So then she's like in the modern times as, and then she's like basically becomes the servant for the Lucius and the 
coven and so american horror story is weird but yeah. they got kathy bates so that's cool what is the name sorry what is the name of this person again madame la Lurie. okay yeah i was definitely thinking of somebody else <laughs> oh so yeah, if you take any kind of ghost tour in New Orleans, they'll likely bring you outside the mansion she resided in. And I did this ghost tour. I feel I forget what it was called. Something about like murderesses, something like that. And they happened to bring us outside her mansion. And also, it was pretty funny. Like the weather as we were doing it, it was nighttime. It was early mid August in New New Orleans, so it was like super muggy and stuff. It was sunny, like, most of the day, but then in the evening time, it started getting kind of gray and cloudy, and as, like, during the tour, it started, like, raining kind of out of nowhere, and then there was, like, lightning and thunder, and I was like, this is, like, the perfect weather for doing a ghost tour, (laughs) and I think I remember it was, like, around the time where they brought us outside her mansion that I could, like, see, like, some lightning and stuff. I was like, ooh. Spooky. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes. So, her mansion is located at 1140 Royal Street in the French Quarter. It is inside this mansion where Madame Delphine Lallerie tortured and murdered an unknown number of enslaved people in the early 1830s. It was on one night in 1834 when a fire broke out at the location. Neighbors quickly ran out to help put the fire out and get the family outside. But to their surprise, they found Lollary standing on the street outside her home alone. People found it strange that she would be alone because they knew that she had a lot of slaves in her mansion. They took it upon themselves to search for the others inside the home and were shocked at what was found inside the mansion. The once respectable this once respectable member of society became known as the savage mistress of New Orleans. So this is where the story gets pretty graphic and gross and disturbing. So a group of locals found slaves in the attic. Well, I'm guessing this is after they put the fire out. They went inside and found slaves in the attic. It was apparent that the slaves had been tortured Eyewitnesses claim to find seven slaves in the attic, beaten, bruised, and bloodied within an inch of their lives. Their eyes were gouged out, skin flayed, and mouths filled with excrement and then sewn shut. One woman's bones had been broken and reset, so she resembled a crab when she tried walking. Another woman was found wrapped in human intestines. Some people were found with holes drilled drilled into their skulls with wooden spoons nearby that apparently was used to stir their brains. There were also rumors about dead bodies in the attic, but their bodies were mutilated beyond recognition. Their organs were missing from their bodies. It is thought that in total there were over 100 victims. Thus, Lollerie became known as one of the most brutal women in history. She was born Marie Delphine McCarty in 1780 in New Orleans to an affluent white Creole family. Her family hailed from Ireland and arrived two generations earlier before she was born to the then Spanish-controlled Louisiana. 
She married three times and had five children. Her first husband was a Spaniard named Don Ramon de Lopez E. Angulo. He was a high-ranking officer. They had one daughter before he died in Havana while traveling to Madrid. Four years after his death, Delphine married a French, an affluent Frenchman named Jean Blanc, who was a banker, lawyer, and legislator. They had three daughters and one son together. When he died, Delphine married her third and final husband, a much younger doctor named Leonard Louis Louis Nicholas LaLaurie. He was mostly absent from her day-to-day life, and she was left to her own devices. In 1831, Madame LaLaurie purchased the three-story mansion at 1140 Royal Street in the French Quarter. Like many society women at that time, the LaLauries kept a household of slaves. Initially, the public was surprised by the amount of kindness she showed her slaves, but rumors quickly spread that her politeness was all an act she put on in front of others. At the time, New Orleans had laws, unlike most southern states, that gave slaves some kind of protection from unusually cruel punishments. So some of the rumors going around included a 70-year-old cook who was kept chained to a stove starving. Apparently others were kept secret for LaLaurie's husband to practice Haitian voodoo medicine on. There were also reports that her daughters were punished and whipped if they tried to intervene and help the slaves. There are two reports that were found to be 100% factual. One report was that a man threw himself out of a third-story window at the mansion to avoid the impending brutal punishment by the hands of Madame LaLaurie. The same third-story window was then cemented shut and is still visible today. The second report includes a 12-year-old slave girl named Leah, One day, she was brushing Madame LaLaurie's hair when she pulled a little too hard. This caused LaLaurie to fly into a rage, and she started to whip the girl. To escape the attack, Leah climbed onto the roof and leapt to her death. Witnesses saw LaLaurie burying the girl's body. As a result, police fined her $300.00 and forced her to sell nine of her slaves. But they apparently looked the other way when she proceeded to quickly purchase them all back. It was after Leah's death that the public perception of LaLaurie greatly shifted. On the night of the fire, no one was surprised when her slaves were the last to be found. After the slaves were released from the mansion... A mob of about 4,000 angry townspeople ransacked the home. They smashed the windows and tore down doors, and a few bare walls remained. The whereabouts of LaLaurie was unknown. After the fire, the woman and her driver fled into the night and disappeared. It is assumed they left for Paris, but there was no word about her making it to Paris. Her daughters claim to have received correspondence from her, but no, there are no witnesses to who saw the letters themselves.
As I mentioned earlier, the, the ghost tours in New Orleans will likely take you by the Lollery Mansion. The victims are thought to haunt the mansion, and after two centuries, locals refuse to call it the Lollery's Mansion and actually refer to it as the Haunted House. To add another layer of mystery, in the late 1930s, an old cracked copper plate was found in New Orleans St. Louis Cemetery with the name Lollerie Madame Delphine McCarty, her maiden name. The inscription was in French, and it stated that she died in Paris on December 1842, but other records found in Paris indicate that she died in 1849. Most people believe that she did make it to Paris and later returned to New Orleans under a different name and continued her reign of terror. And the body of Madame Marie Delphine Lalaurie was never found after that. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. I remember like they showed all the where people found the slaves in the attic and it was like so messed up and disturbing. And basically the stuff I found about her was what I remembered from the show. Like the woman that I did say that might not be a hundred percent true, but they showed that in the episode, like the woman that walked like a crab because her bones were messed up and yeah, but just so disturbing, just so inhumane. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. No, when you were reading the part that was really gruesome, just mm-hmm. it just sounds like a horror show, which apparently people think it is like a horror show if it was featured on that one. So, yeah. American Horror Story. Over 100 victims. Jeez. And there's something about, like, society women who are serial killers that's like mm-hmm. a whole other like subgenre of serial yeah. killers that's like it seems like the th- common thing is that they get away with this stuff more yeah so that is interesting because that does kind of bring up the question of like do women get away with murder more or is it just mm-hmm. because of the time period that like we choose to talk about because no it reminds me of the hungarian the countess story i did or transylvanian where it was like she oh no she was imprisoned but she got away with it for a while well wasn't one of your stories i forget which one but like they basically let her go from jail because she was too old that was yeah that was the um serbian Mm -hmm. lady yeah yeah she was let off for good behavior well maybe she killed some abusive guys Lollery didn't kill anyone who was evil. No, that's crazy. I didn't realize it was that many. Mm. And that supposedly she, like, and why does everybody, like, flee to France? The French connection. Apparently. Like, oh, your life sucks? Oh, you're up for murder? Flee to Paris for, like, a few years and then change your name and come back, which apparently was easy to do. My thinking was because it was New Orleans and she probably, there was like such a big French thing. I, apparently it was Spain first, then I don't remember. Something, I know Spain and obviously France had a big part with the culture and stuff there. So I'm, I'm guessing that's one of the reasons why. But 
Yeah, the fact that she maybe went back, came back, and changed her name is, like, so brazen, I feel like, if that's true. I guess it was easier to do back then. Like, I feel like it's you can do it now, but it's, like, harder to do. Mm. Especially if you're accused of murder. And then there's, like, the show about Anna Delvey on Netflix, and it's like, oh, I guess she's not that bad. Yeah, I just watched she that. just stole money. Yeah, me too. I think I maybe have one episode left. I just got to the Morocco part. I thought it was interesting, but I don't know. I feel like, and you might see this more in, like, in later episodes, they definitely try to, like, sympathize with Anna more than I feel like mm. they should have. So, yeah. I didn't really like some of the last episodes. I thought the beginning and, like, the middle was better, but... Mm. I like her funny accent. It's like, I feel like you can tell it's like not because I feel like it's supposed to be intentional. It's like almost like a mix of Russian and German together in one accent. <laughs> but I think that she does a good job, like acting wise. Like, yeah, she did a good job. Like, she's like, you could tell she's a psycho. It's also true because I think in later episodes, I want to say they do speak. I know they'll speak German, but I think they speak Russian, too. Hmm. So I'm curious if you'll be able to understand it. (laughs) I just want to know, like, what she was trying to get away from with her actual life. Like, is it revealed what her background is? That's what I'm curious about at this point. Because you're at the Morocco episode? Yeah. Like, right when she was like... Oh, yeah, I don't have money again. And then her friend has to, like, call American Express to oh, get yeah. her from Morocco. That, that's where it actually gets really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, at that point is when that's, it's like, okay. It seems okay. like the downfall of her yeah. stuff. I also mm. watched um, the Fire Festival documentary oh, yeah. on Netflix. I went through, like, this weird fraud phase where mm-hmm. I watched, like, um, inventing Anna, the fire festival, and then I watched Tinder Swindler. Yeah, but I watched them all like back to back. I saw a meme like a few hours ago. That's like, what if the Tinder Tinder Swindler tried tried to swindle Anna Delvey and was like, "Oh, hey, uh, can you give me money?" And her response is like, "Sure, but I'll have to do this and this and this." <laughs> You probably will never get it. <laughs> that was like, what if they met on Tinder? What would have happened? <laughs> that would have been really interesting. Yeah. Also, the fact that they talk about the fire festival during inventing Anna, because that also happened at like the same time. Yeah, like, the fact that they crazy. knew each other, that she met whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. crazy. Like all these. Oh, and then there was that one episode where I showed her in a club and she was hanging out with the pharma bro guy who's a monster. Like, they all ran in the same circles. Like, what is happening? It's uh, crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. It's a good show, though. <laughs> yes. So, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Oi With A Terror already. Um, we release new episodes every Thursday. You can find us on spotify google podcasts apple podcasts and more and next week is our 50th episode and we have something special in store that you won't want to miss i guess that's all i'll say okay i don't know it's a classic story (laughs) that's fine
<laughs> involves ghosts and crime. Yay. <laughs> also, we're almost at 50 episodes. What? I know. Our 50th anniversary. <laughs> Sandra's holding her head and shaking <laughs> it. I'm nodding. If you want to send us a story idea or have a ghost story you want to share with us, you can email us at oywiththeterroralready at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at oywiththeterroralready. Yeah, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.